everyone. My name is Brian. And I'm Margarita. And welcome to The Faithful Exchange, the podcast dedicated to uniting Chicago's voices of faith. We're here to deliver sound teaching discussions to the wonderful ears of the Midwest believers and non-believers. Whether you're a seasoned believer or simply curious about faith, our podcast is for you. Mm -hmm. Join us as we embark on a transformative exchange of ideas and inspiration. Amen. Amen. So if you listen to this, you probably are at least curious about a life of faith, or you might be a Christian already, and you want to be someone who dives deeper into the uh, faith walk. And so uh, myself, too, I am the same. Uh, by God's grace, I was able to teach a couple of seminars, and uh, I had a student ask me a very deep question. Actually, a lot of students ask me, ask me this question, and it's about a life of faith. And so they asked, you know, Brian, what, what's the point? <laughs> like, why, why do we go through this? Why did the apostles go through this? Why does anyone, you know, go through the trouble of carrying out a life of faith? And I thought, you know, that's actually very deep. In the last couple of episodes, we looked at how to meet God, uh, what happens if you struggle to meet God. But then this is actually very foundational, you know, like what's the point of carrying out a life of faith? So, Margarita, how about for you? Why, why do you carry out a life of faith? I think for me, um, the purpose of carrying out a life of faith is honestly to be able to go to heaven and have eternal life with the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, growing up, you know, that's kind of how it's always been. You know, you kind of carry out a life of faith, you know, because they've, you know, it's like engraved into your brain, like, hey, you want to go to heaven. You don't want to go to hell. <laughs> and right. I mean, that's kind of how it always was with my parents too. like, mm -hmm. you want to live with the Lord. You don't want to be in hell and live out your life of faith because we're telling you to do it. And because the Bible mm -hmm. tells you to do it. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's like one of those things, especially if you've grown up in a Christian home, it's like oh, you're carrying out a life of faith because we're we're telling you to do it. <laughs> right. No, that's very true. I mean, I was also raised in the church by God's grace. Very thankful um, to have had kind of like a head start in already believing. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's many different people with different backgrounds. And I know that our listeners are very diverse, too. And I've heard many different answers. Like I've heard many people who carry out a life of faith because they want they, they just want to be a good person. And that's that's good, you know, because the Bible teaches us how to be a good person as well. Um, there's people who carry out a life of faith. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, because they were just told to, you know, and uh, they were just told there's a God, he's good, worship him. And it's like, you know, they never got bothered to not carry it out. <laughs> and there's people who they just want to be moral, you know, they want to be good. Um, and they find that it's more beneficial learning from the scriptures about how to do those things. And there's many different other reasons. Uh, let us know. You know, feel free to always contact us. Uh, we got the same email podcast at the Chicago Church.org. We'd love to know why do you carry out a life of faith? Um, but, you know, that's something that we see, too. I, I grew up kind of carrying out a life, a life of faith more so, honestly speaking, because I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> I, I was more afraid to go to hell than, than anything else. <laughs> and um, I thought if I abandon this, then I'm just like, you know, writing myself off. But even when you look at all these different reasons why people carry out a life of faith and why even I carried out a life of faith in the past, if it's to be a good person, if it's to be kind, if it's to learn new things, you don't need to be a believer for that, though. You know, you don't need to be a believer to know not to kill, to know not to steal. Right. And so, of course, it has to be something deeper. But we also know that just as much as there's people who carry out a life of faith, there's those who struggle to carry it out as well. Have you ever struggled to carry out a life of faith? 
I have honestly, especially like when you don't have that close relationship with God, it's so hard to keep that life of faith. And there's, it almost feels like there's so much going against you whenever you do choose to follow (laughs) the Lord. Like, honestly, I know I have had a lot of struggles, especially like from, from the enemy and honestly from the world, there's so much that tempts you and tries to kind of get you off track. And it's, it's a struggle for sure. And, um, I just, I guess, um, kind of how you mentioned, you know, people don't even necessarily have to have a life of faith to be a good person. And, you know, it all, honestly, it all just comes down to having those morals. So if, you know, if you don't have to be a good person to have a life of faith, then what is the purpose of having a life of faith? Yeah. Um, that's actually a very good point that you bring up. Like, uh, I mean, many people do struggle with it. And so, you know, what is that point? Actually, the best place to find the answers in the Bible, you know, that's always the best place to find the answer. It's like our roadmap for salvation. And one thing that I've come to notice is that a lot of people who struggle to keep a life of faith, uh, the reason why they struggle to keep it actually is because the reason they're carrying it out is not the reason why God actually wants us to carry it out for. You know, like sometimes we don't think about that. We don't think that, hey, God actually has his reason why he wants us to carry our faith walk. And so when, you know, when you're doing it for the wrong reasons, I heard this one saying before, just general, like about friendships, relationships, it says that uh, a person stays in a relationship for the same reason they got into it. So if you got into a relationship for money, when you have that money, then it, that relationship means nothing anymore. So it's kind of like if if the point of me, you know, having a life of faith is to live a good life, but then you start living a good life without having to go to church, without having to know the word of God, without having to do all those things, then it feels like it's irrelevant. So people lose the purpose of carrying out a life of faith. But the problem is, you know, there is a very, very, very unique reason why God wants us to carry it out. And so the best place to find that actually is in the Bible, as, as always, right? Remember John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was? God. God, right? God is His Word. And so if, if we truly believe God is His Word, if we truly believe God's Word, then we also believe the words written in the Scriptures about God. And uh, there's a verse that comes to mind almost immediately whenever I think about the point of a life of faith. It's First Peter 1, verse 8 to 9. Uh, this reminds me, I had a friend who once told me that, you know, I don't believe that there's, we should be carrying out a life of faith for a certain reward or expectation. But that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> the Bible says there is a hope and there is an expectation. And that's what First Peter 1, 8 to 9 says. It's about Peter, Peter, the, the disciple Peter, the one who, you know, get behind me, Satan, <laughs> that Peter who was very, very uh, passionate and zealous. Um he wrote a letter and he actually wrote in it saying that you are receiving, he's writing to the church, right? Um, one of the churches and a, a group of believers in Bithynia and that region and the like. And he says that uh, you're achieving the goal for your faith, the salvation for your souls. So the whole point is actually salvation. And that's the story of the Bible. God, from the beginning up until the very end, he wants us to know that there is salvation that he is promising us. But... This salvation is not just a matter of I'm saved, I'm saved, but it's actually a matter of being where God is, you know, being at the location God wants you to be. And where would that be? Where do you think God wants us to be? God wants us to be with him in eternal right. life, you know? Yeah, right. 
And so wherever God is, right, that's where he wants us to be. And wherever God is, that's called heaven. So God wants us to be in heaven. And he doesn't want us to die, but he actually wants us to have eternal life. And that's something that's so odd, because when you watch any movie, any show, any cartoon, any anime, whatever you watch, the bad guy is always the guy who's fighting for immortality. <laughs> you know, It always portrays the bad guy like, then I'll live forever! <laughs> and the good guys are the people who are like, no, life is precious because you die. But the death did not come from God, though. <laughs> like, and actually, uh, Jesus, his, his whole ministry, yes, he taught us to love, to forgive, to bless. He also really emphasized the hope of heaven and eternal life. And that's actually like John 5.39. Uh, John 5.39, Jesus is speaking to the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. And he says that you diligently study the scriptures because you believe by them you have eternal life. And then he says, these scriptures testify about me. So what is he saying? I, I'm that source of life, right? So actually, one thing we have to understand is that the hope for any believer is for heaven and eternal life. But then concerning this heaven and eternal life, how do we get it, right? How do you think we can achieve heaven and eternal life? I would say that I think that we can achieve heaven and eternal life is by knowing the word and knowing God, having knowledge of God and mm -hmm. studying it diligently and really sealing it into our hearts, honestly, like sealing the words into our heart. Right. So that's beautiful. <laughs> and I've shared that before. I've said that with many students. And you know what's funny about what they, they say in response is, well, how does studying help me have eternal life? <laughs> but it's, it's actually what Jesus says, though. Uh, if you look at John 17, verse 3, uh, he says that this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So to know God and Jesus. And so I, I hear many believers say, oh, I've got a relationship with God and Jesus. And that's great. We should have a very good relationship with God and Jesus. And what's the most important thing in a relationship? And I think the most important thing in a relationship is knowing the other person. And how like do you having, get to know having them? Having knowledge by studying them, by getting to know them and really getting to know their hearts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, you, if you study your person, I might call you a stalker if I'm young. <laughs> But, I think yeah. you know what I was trying to say, though. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, it, it definitely. Um, getting to know them more. Uh, and, of course, one thing that's key is communication, right? Like, you get to know them through how you communicate. And so that's why there's an exchange of words, an exchange of actions, an exchange of many different things. And so it's the same thing with God. For us to know God, there must be some form of communication. So how does God communicate through us, to us, rather? Through his word. Amen. Right through his word. And his word is found in the Bible. All right. So, of course, I never, and I used to be really carried of my faith work saying God speaks to me directly, so I don't need to open the Bible. But then I realized that that doesn't make sense, really, if you really think about it, because, like, how then can I be sure that's God's voice if I don't even know what it sounds like from the Bible? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I don't know how God speaks, God's tone, God's God's word, like, God will never speak against his own word. So it's like, I have to be able to verify somewhere. That's why the word of God is there. Um, so through the word of God, we're able to actually learn about God. We're able to actually understand about God. And uh, that's how we can achieve eternal life, knowing God. But then if I don't know him, that's the great thing is the Bible exists already for us to study, for us to learn. 
And that's actually another thing, too, about this Bible. Who do you think the Bible was written for, actually? Or who did you think it was written for? <laughs> I would say it. I think that the Bible was written for believers, you know, people that mm -hmm. do believe in God and that want to get to know him. Yeah, that's, that's true, actually. It's written for believers first. You know, I, I've heard so, so many people say, oh, it's actually for non-believers. I, I have my relationship. I'm saved. The Bible is for non-believers. But again, and I've heard someone say, that's what God told me, you know, give the Bible to the non It's like, but the God that I'm reading in the Bible, it does not say that, though. Um, and so First John 5, 13, you know, it even says that I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Right? That's very specific, right? People who believe in the name of the Son of God as Christians. And it says, I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. So first and foremost, the believer must know, right? The believer must know the promises of eternal life. They must understand these things. But if we don't understand them, there is actually a very, very, very scary verse that's in the Bible. And that's Matthew 7, verse 21. Have you ever read that before? Matthew 7, verse 21? I have read that, honestly. And like you said, it's scary because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh, no, is this talking about me too? <laughs> right. Uh, and I was the same thing. Actually, I thought like it was about me. That's what made me scared. Remember how I said my motivation to carry a life of faith was not wanting to go to hell? That verse made it very hard for me to know whether or not I was in the good or not. For those who don't know, Matthew 7 verse 21, it says that um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Right. So this is Jesus speaking, and he's actually speaking to his disciples. And so I used to think, to, to kind of comfort myself, I was like, oh, no, you know, and, well, of course, when Jesus comes back, everyone's going to call him Lord, right? But then verse 22 and 23 quickly shut me up because <laughs> Jesus is very specific about what these people will say, right? They'll say, but Lord, but they will be prophesying in your name, right? They will be uh, drive our demons in your name. They will do all these many works in your name. And that's where it calls out Christianity to like, uh, a, you know, as clear as day, because again, who prophesies in Jesus's name, right? Uh, are Muslims prophesying? No. In... <laughs> no, Not at right? all, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, a, a Buddhist driving out demons in Jesus's name? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all, right? It's only Christians, right? Only Christians do things. And there isn't like what this, the, the, what, a, what a wonderful name it is, right? right? Even Christians, only Christians do things in Jesus's name. So this is actually about us, the believers. Jesus was teaching us first so that we can also teach those who would believe later on. But the problem is, if we don't understand these things, then we won't achieve that hope of our life of faith, that heaven and eternal life that God wants us to hope for, we won't get it if we don't understand his word. So Jesus makes it very clear. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is qualified to enter the kingdom of heaven, right? Or will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. And honestly speaking, I know that a lot of people don't like that word qualified, right? Because it's like, oh, wait a minute, qualified, that means there's expectations. The God I worship, unconditional, everything is just perfect. And like whilst God's love is unconditional, his promises and his blessings oftentimes are always conditional. We see that with the covenant he made with the Israelites, if you obey me fully. We see that when Jesus says, you know, ask anything you, you want in my name, he says, 
if my words remain in you. <laughs> yeah. If you're truly my disciples, right? You're, you're truly my disciples if you hold to my teaching. <laughs> so there's always an if, which means it's conditional. And yeah, so actually, here, yeah. Yeah, it's actually crazy how many people think they're like, oh, no, I'll be fine. Like, God loves me anyway. But then to read the scripture and God be like, actually, if you, you do this and this, like, yes, he still loves us. But at the same time, like not okay. everyone's going to make it into heaven just by saying that you love the Lord. Like he, uh, he himself has those conditions that you need to follow in order to have that eternal life with him. Amen. That's true. That's what Jesus, like from the get go, Matthew 7 is like one of the first sermons Jesus has when he starts his ministry. So from the, from like right off the bat, he wants us to know, Hey, if you want to go to heaven, right, then you have to do the Father's will. So the qualification is doing God's will. The disqualification, it's not so much like a disqualification. It's more like if this is the only thing you do, then you've not actually done God's will. So then that, that means that it's very important for us to know what God's will is. And also the, the amazing thing is that God's love is made very clear to us because he tells us beforehand, right? Can you imagine Margarita, you know, we, we meet up uh, and I'm like, all right, so where's the $50 you owe me? What $50? <laughs> don't you know? We made a promise like three days ago. Oh, well, I mean, I don't remember that promise. I don't remember what you're talking about. Right, because we actually did make a promise three days ago. <laughs> so I can't, just, no like, right, I can't just demand something from you if I haven't actually told you beforehand. And that's the thing is like, God is very loving. He lets us know beforehand that, hey, if you do want to enter heaven, then you need to pay attention to my will. Hey, if you do want to enter heaven, then make sure you're not just saying Lord, Lord with your lips, but you actually understand it. Ephesians 5 says, like, make, make the most of every opportunity to learn God's will. And that's actually something that a lot of believers have questions for. They have questions, like, it's probably one of the most asked questions in Christianity is, what's God's will for me and my life? And that's something we'll actually look at in the future. But uh, what we can start off maybe, you know, with understanding God's will is actually looking at who does God promise enters the kingdom of heaven? Because there's actually a promise, right? We need to know God's will. We need to know also who are the people? What kind of criteria do they meet? Because there are qualifications. Paul himself says, I, I run in, in 1 Corinthians 9, he says he runs so that he too is not disqualified from this race talking about the race to eternal life, to heaven. So there are disqualifications. There are qualifications. And these things we'll look at in our next episode, actually. <laughs> we'll look at uh, who are those who are able to enter the kingdom of heaven. So this is going to be a little mini-series as we come to understand more about believers and uh, the kind of people that God is looking for. Of course, He loves us. God loves us so much. Every day allows us to live, but every day God has a hope. And his hope is that we can learn God's will. So I hope and pray that I can catch you next time uh, so that we can look at who are those who can enter heaven. All right. Amen. That's awesome. Can't wait for that episode. I know definitely I'll be tuning in for that one. And <laughs> don't forget to email us or message us on Instagram, any topics that you would like us to discuss, or if you just have any questions about any previous topics that we've had, we will be more than happy to provide some answers and then as well as try to touch up on any topics that you want. And don't forget to follow us on social media, our Instagram page, the 
underscore faithful exchange underscore podcast. You'll hear a lot of updates on there and any updates on some events or some seminars that will be going on. Look forward to seeing y'all next time. And thank you all so much for joining us on the faithful exchange.